Hey friend, welcome to the Paloma Grace podcast. My name is Anna Grace. I'm Evie. And I'm Sophia. We are so glad you're here. Our mission is to support, encourage, and challenge young Catholic women on their journey toward heaven. We pray this podcast above all else invites you to radically claim your beloved identity in Jesus Christ, the seed for living our one in eternity life. Here's to telling our stories. Welcome home. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Paloma Grace podcast. My name is Anna Grace. I'm here with my two gal pals, Soph and Evie. Um, how are we doing right now, guys? How are our hearts? Oh my gosh, I'm just sipping my cold brew. And I can like, you know when you, actually, Anna Grace can relate to this, but not Evie because she gave up coffee for a minute. But like, you know when you're drinking your coffee and like, you can feel the blood like drip into your veins. <laughs> is that bad? What? Is that, like, <laughs> is that like, I don't know if I can completely relate yeah, to that. Honestly, like, <laughs> I think you're on a whole other level. <laughs> Soph the barista over here with a whole different experience. <laughs> I'm just like me at the beginning of the morning compared to like me now that I'm like 80% through my coffee. I'm just like, ah, oh, I just mm. feel like it's just so much more myself, but maybe that's not good, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm just really feeling it this morning. So you're okay. I can somewhat really, I think that it, for me, I love coffee because it is just a warm beverage. So I would love at some point in my life to be able to uh, take my like love for warm beverages and make it something that's not coffee. So it's a little bit better for me, but it's a work in progress. So (laughs) I'll keep you posted on how that goes. (laughs) There you go. I love that so much. Yeah. I'm excited to have a warm cup of coffee on Easter. It'll be great. Oh, I know. Yeah. What's your, um, I don't know what you guys are doing for Easter, but like, what's everybody's like, mm-hmm. like tradition for Easter morning kind of thing? Ooh. So fun fact, my family has always been pretty horrible when it comes to traditions. And when I was in second grade, we were told to write about a tradition that we have for Thanksgiving, which even though it's not maybe the most popular holiday I feel like it's the most tradition oriented holiday maybe aside from Christmas (laughs) and I remember I came home and I asked my mom like okay so I have to write about a tradition that we have and she's like we don't have any so we I kid you not when I was in second grade we made up a tradition that now has become a family tradition where we give pies to all of our neighbors um but honestly for Easter I'm sure that we used to like have Easter baskets. My dad is the cook in our family. So I'm sure that he probably made us food, everything maybe that's tradition in our house then at that point (laughs) is just revolved around him making us some sort of meal. Um, Yeah. More recently, I would say since I graduated from college, um, I've traveled a lot on Easter. And so I think that just finding time to be in the sunshine since I live in such warm places (laughs) um, has been my new tradition of like getting outside encountering the joy of the Easter season and creation and that'll be my tradition that I <laughs> that I lay down oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Evie my, what about you my family's like very intra- into traditions um, <laughs> my mom has six siblings and they all live within like 20 minutes of us in Minnesota and so for Easter, we all get together for brunch. My mom would normally make like a French toast casserole kind of thing. It's so good. Um, 
and we go to mass and um, just spend time with the family and all my cousins and it's a really good time. I love Aww. this. I just love the joy of it all. And a couple of times it's fallen on my younger brother's birthday. And so that's been really fun too, to get to like celebrate him and Easter at the same time. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, like for me, like it used to be just me and my sister. My sister's six years older than me. So um, it got to the point where like we were still teenagers and my mom would still do like she does not only like Easter baskets, but like she hides them and then writes clues. And it's like a scavenger hunt, like throughout our house. So I was like 13 and I was like, where are my clues? Like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and like, she probably is still going to do that this year. Anyways, but then now that I have like my two little nephews, um, it's, it's more fun. Like, cause it's not so much about me anymore. Like I was the baby for so long and like, now it's kind of like it's it's about them which is like okay fine but (laughs) it's just like fun watching like the joy that they have like finding the eggs because like I kind of know what's gonna happen but they're like what like there's egg you know so it's cute but like I always make a point to make waffles with my sister Easter morning um before we all go to church so I'm really excited about that I haven't had waffles in a long time (laughs) that's so fun but, I yeah. love that. That's so cute. Yeah. It is. It's cool to see those things through new eyes, right? Even mm-hmm. if it's not new to them, every time that they often encounter it as children, it seems new or their excitement reflects mm-hmm. still a new experience. Yeah. Mm, I can't wait. This episode's going to air the Monday after Easter. So it's going to be such a, a jubilee um, of a week to celebrate. I mean, us as Catholics, we love to party. So Easter's a whole 50 days of celebration. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Exciting. Um, oh well, gosh. let's dive into our topic for today. Um, this episode has been something that has almost been a year in the making for me. Um, last Lent, which Lent began last year before the pandemic hit, um, the Lord told me at the beginning, he said, Anna Grace, my goal is for you to feel as disoriented and out of control as possible during this Lent. And I said, that sounds horrible. He's like, yep, that's why we're going there. Um, but, and I, again, little did I know exactly what was about to happen um, during those 40 days of Lent. But there was a lot of purpose that came through that because I find a lot of false security and thinking that I can control things and or just to know what's going to happen. And so he had to draw me out of that place of comfort in which I was making idols to then be able to abide in a relationship with him and let that be the source of my peace. Um, and so in many ways, our, I mean this past year, even honestly, even up until this present moment has felt like exile where we're in this place of maybe what seems like wandering that feels really uncomfortable. And we oftentimes can't notice and or derive purpose from it because it's, it's anything, but we want it to be. Um, and if we look the book of Exodus is one of my favorite books of the whole Bible, which maybe isn't a popular opinion, <laughs> but I love it. I love the book so much. Um, and in Exodus chapter three, the Lord calls Moses to go to Egypt and, and to rescue his people from slavery. 
And then they get brought out into the desert. The Lord parts the Red Sea, right? And he rescues them against all odds. Um, And yet then they get into the wilderness. And even after so many um, moments of provision and God's providence, they still sit there and they are like, we would rather be back in Egypt from Exodus chapter 14, which we've actually quoted on a previous podcast, a few verses prior to Exodus 14, 14, which is you only need to be still the Lord will fight for you. And the people moan to Moses and they say like, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness, which one is just sarcastic in and of itself because they know that there are plenty of places for them to be able to die in Egypt, right? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And up until maybe this past year, I always sat there and I was like, why don't they just get it? Like God literally just parted a sea for you to walk between. (laughs) But now I've, thankfully grown to be able to place myself in this story where I very consistently this past year have told God, like, I'm not happy with you. I would rather be back maybe worshiping my idols of comfort and security than I would here having to grow in dependence upon you because I have no idea what this next season of life is going to look at. And I either want to fast forward to that um, next season of knowing, that next season of security where I know where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing, how I'm going to be doing it that provides me more control and or just returning back to maybe the unideal circumstance of before so that at least like it's immobile. Like I know what to expect. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like there's just this, this aversion to exile that I have that I really needed to, um, to encounter this year because if we don't understand the purpose of exile, of course, we're not going to want to be there. What do you guys think? I mean, there's just so much to unpack here. Like just even hearing you just talk about this past year, like, and I'm just like basking in like just everything you've been saying, which is just so true. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. I did. I just never thought about it that way because I mean, of course, when the pandemic hit for me, like it was really disorienting, but I was able to kind of look at it as like, okay, there are people who are, I was, so I was working at a bakery um, at the time and all throughout quarantine, like I was just making people's coffees and just talking to people. And I was like, oh man, like grumbling, like, oh, like no graduation. Like, cause I was a senior in high school. So I was like, no prom, you know, but I was like, there are real people who are struggling with real things. And this like a little blip in time where I'm losing little like high school traditions like means literally nothing um so it was this like period of time like where he really just taught me how to like come outside of myself honestly and look at other people's situations and be like okay now is not the time for me to grumble (laughs) um and it's funny that you quoted this passage because um I'm in this intro to scripture class right now and we spent like two weeks on this passage um, and how the theme of Exodus, I thought it was going to be something like more articulate or like, I don't know, earth shattering. The theme of Exodus, he told us, is the people grumble. And I was like, stop it. I was just like, you were just knocking down like humankind. But like, it's so true. Like the people grumble. 
like God does all of these like amazing things for them. And then they're like, but you didn't do this, you know? Um, I don't know. I just think, I think for me, like I hate being in a position where I don't have control and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm disoriented. But I think those are the moments where we we're looking at our lives is just like unclenched fists. Like our hands are open because there's literally nothing else that we can grasp onto because we don't know what else to grasp onto. We don't have anything to expect. Um, so exile, just like the idea of it, it just sounds awful and torturous, but like, honestly, like, if you think about it, like, that's a state that you, you want to be in, that you strive to be content in, um, because to be content in the wilderness means that you can also be content when you're living out your vocation, you know, and if you can't be content in the wilderness, then it's like, are you really going to be able to authentically live in joy and peace doing your vocation, you know, um, I don't know. There's just so much to think about. Jeez. There is really so much to think about, especially in this last year, like last semester. So in the fall, I took a class um, that was like required for my major called intellectual and cultural history. And the professor could really do whatever he wanted with it. And so he decided to uh, do like a history of pandemics course. And I would read about these pandemics that lasted for like 300 years I was like, wait a second. Like, I thought that by like January, I'd be able to have like a quote unquote normal life, you know, and like a normal senior year. And is in that moment that I was like, oh man, like I don't have control over what my senior year and like my graduation, like you said, Sophia, is going to look like. And I don't honestly have control over the things that I kind of pretend I control. Like, I think that's something that um, this pandemic has revealed to me, or that, like, I guess Jesus has revealed during this pandemic is that, like, the places where I sort of thought I had control in my life, sort of, like, what my plans were going to be, or, like, how I envisioned my senior year, my college experience to go, like I actually didn't have control and it's that like semblance of control that provides us with like so much it's like provisional peace but really like is not our true source it's like not our true well of peace um yeah and I just think too with like this theme of exile what comes first to mind is like spiritual dryness and Sophia, you were talking about how like letting go of control and like sort of like cultivating joy within exile can help you like cultivate joy in your vocation. And I'm like, well, what if my vocation, like what if is what if it's exile? Like what if I experience spiritual dryness or exile like throughout my vocation? Like it's I don't know, it's kind of a terrifying thought that you think that God might sort of, it's hard to figure out how to say this, like stop the consolations or like um, that God might allow me to feel outside of control, um, but for a greater purpose. 
And I just immediately think of St. Teresa of Calcutta, who experienced just like so much inner darkness for like all of her life, basically all of, all of her life of ministry. Um, and yet still just like continued to follow in the footsteps of the Lord. Um, yeah. Audrey Assad has a song called Teresa. It's beautiful. Highly recommend. <laughs> I love her. I haven't heard that song though. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. It, I think that that is true that we, in C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters, he writes about, I think it's in the ninth or 10th, maybe the ninth letter. I don't remember. Um, about the, this law of undulations, this up and down and how, oftentimes the exile we would, although it may be in the Bible on a plateau, like feels like a valley. Um, And the devil is going to try to tell us that that season of a trough is going to be eternal to try to make us feel despair, discouraged, um, anxiety ridden. And C.S. Lewis talks about in these letters of like, okay, like, if humans can recognize that the undulations are throughout our life, right? That when we're at the mountaintop, that we don't create our expectation that nothing's ever going to change or that when we're in the valley, that we don't create the expectation that nothing is ever going to change. Um, It allows us then to adapt to the meaning and the lessons that the Lord um, then infuses into those seasons. And I think particularly with exile, like you were saying, Evie, there's there's purpose to it. There's more than likely going to be suffering. But even as we heard this past Sunday, which will have been two Sundays ago now when this podcast airs, Hebrews tells us like we learn obedience through our suffering. And sometimes we can hear that and just be like, okay, like is the Lord just trying to train me then? Like is there is it without relationship? Um but if we look at that word obedience, like it, it means to hear. Like I think as we pursue or persevere rather through these seasons of dryness and we then hear the lord's voice more clearly in our prayer throughout our days because we recognize that we're not then seeking the emotions that would accompany um our days, right? Like I don't go through my days thinking like, okay, if I experience joy throughout all of today, that means that I did everything right. No, rather if I, again, just seek to have that nearness to the Lord, that goodwill of like, okay, Lord, if I'm in the wilderness, like my, my goodwill might just simply reside in thanking you for what you're going to provide next in our meal. Um, if I'm, in the wilderness in the 21st century, (laughs) right? It might just come from the fact like, okay, Lord, like I know you're going to provide this job opportunity that my heart's been just desperately desiring to serve your people. And Lord, I just thank you so much for the way that you give us a Sabbath every week for us to be able to rest. All these small things that then we can look at and go, okay, like it's okay if I don't feel happy today. Like that doesn't mean that I'm doing things wrong. Rather, like if I can just be faithful in saying like, Lord, Holy Spirit, come and illuminate what you're wanting to show me in this really just um, undesirable circumstance, then he's always going to be faithful to respond and act, um, you know, 
in return to our calls. Um, which then I think prompts the question of like, okay, what then is the purpose of exile, right? If we know what it is, if we know that we don't want to be there, right? The Israelites didn't want to be in the wilderness, right? They sat there even before they began to wander Mount Sinai and they're like, okay, I just like, this is Moses, where are you, right? Like we all know like the story of the golden calves. And I, like, again, we have those in our lives. We come to, and we read Exodus and we're like, what in the world are they doing? But then I look back at this past year and I'm like, how many times have I turned to just these vices thinking that those are going to make me feel better, right? Social media, online shopping, um, whatever it is, right? Um, even as myself now, like I love looking at real estate online. Like that helps me zero in my life. It does not help me at all. Um, so like I have those golden calves that I've turned to, right? Those idols that I've established that don't have their place. Um, but if the purpose of exile as the Lord, like the Lord had to draw his people away from Egypt. Like not only was it enough for him to encounter them, like he knew them well enough that he's like, I need to distance you from these things that have authority over your life that are currently leading you to become somebody who I've never intended you to be. So I'm going to drastically separate you from them so that you then can encounter me in this place of desolation, because then we're going to recognize him to learn how to worship, right? What that means so that then we can return from exile to be able to live in freedom, even within the comfort then. Like we understand and have direction no matter the circumstance. Um, and I feel like this entire past year has been a lot of that, of like <laughs> drastically removing us from everything that we know to then return from exile to be women completely different than who we were at the start. Um, mm. Is that your guys' experience? Mm. Yeah, for sure. I just love like this idea of cultivating the freedom that we experience, the freedom of worship within the trough within the wilderness because in that moment you're right we are more free we're not grasping at all of these different comforts in our lives we our hands are open whether that was given whether that was in um like a sort of intentional or like I wanted to open my hands or whether like things just sort of fell out of my hands um your hands are then open and so then you can praise the Lord and then he can he can be your only consolation instead of in maybe in a season where you're on the mountaintop. You feel like, oh, I've got this. I don't, I don't need Jesus. Like, I, I've got this. I can do it. Um, but, but being able to carry that freedom and that, that like open-handed praise of the Lord into your sort of moments of consolation instead of desolation, um, being able to do that and, and really like hold on to that praise. I just love it so much. Mm, I just, oh my gosh. I, for the first time, well, sometimes this happens, but I just feel so like speechless because like, I know that's what the Lord has intended for like the season of my life is like, like Anna was talking about 
he wants to strip those idols away from me. Um, and those things like they needed to be taken away. So I could see just like how empty handed I really am. So growth could happen, but it's like, it's hard to like hear like, Oh oh yeah, he did that. You know, like, Oh yeah, I was like, that was so hard because I was leaning so heavily into it, you know? And, um, this past week at my soccer Bible study, we were watching, um, one of father Mike Schmidt's videos. Love that man. But he talked about, it was this, it was the episode, um, do you want to be well? And he references like in scripture, this man who had been suffering for years and Jesus like looks at him and he says like, do you want to be well? You know, (laughs) it's like at face value, like Jesus, like, what are you talking about? Like, of course he wants to be well. Like he came here, like asking be healed. Like, yeah, like he wants, he wants to be well. And he's like, no, but do you want to be well? Because I think a lot of times, even though like our wounds and our idols, it's like, we realize they're there and we struggle with them, but it's like, that's what we're comfortable with. So we don't even want to let that go. Like, okay, Lord, like, I know I struggle with this um, feeling of being too much, but like, I don't want to let that go because it's like, that's mine. That's my wounds. And like, I like let it reside over my heart, like too much. And it was just funny. He's like, do you want to be well? Because like, he has so much power, even in just in his words, that he can heal us. And he wants to heal us. Maybe not, you know, automatically, but he wants to take us on that journey of healing. But it's like, I say I want to, but do I? Because that means letting go of these wounds and these fears. And like, I've taken so much comfort in them. And I think part of the pandemic, um, it just, it made those fears and those wounds, like it carved them deeper, I think for me, because it revealed how heavily I was leaning on these idols. But then there was never that like rebound of like healing and growth. And I think now I'm coming off of it like, okay, I need to let go. And that's so hard. Letting go is so hard. It is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Even while you were talking, Sophia, I was thinking like, these exiles that we experience in our lives, like it kind of makes God sound a little like tricky. Mm -hmm. Like he's trying to like, I don't know, make us experience desolation. And like, he's like, sorry guys, my throat is just totally. No, me too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That he wants us to like experience desolation because he doesn't have promises of, of joy for us. Mm. But it's like, no, actually, like he has way more like hopes for us than we do for ourselves. Like he sees beyond this exile and sees beatitude and like full communion with him. Whereas I'm like just staring at the exile. I'm like, this looks difficult. And like, I don't want that. And if you are subjecting me to this pain, to this like emptiness spiritually, like then that makes you a mean God. But in reality, like he, he's like, no, no, no. I like, this is a necessary step. Like you have to empty your hands of these things that you don't really want anyways. 
things that aren't going to make you happy. And I'm going to hold your hand through that entire exile. He never once deserted the Israelites. He continued to provide for them. They just didn't see it. It's like, how can I open my eyes during moments of desolation, during my like journeys through the wilderness to say like, okay, Lord, I know this is hard and it's hard to see you right now, but I choose to see you. Like I choose to see the ways that you're moving in my life. I'm choosing to hold onto your hand, knowing that like Anna Grace was saying, like with C.S. Lewis, like this trough isn't going to last forever. This wilderness isn't going to last forever. And you have so much more in store for me. Yeah. Mm. Which I think, I mean, if I may, some questions that I would encourage ourselves, anybody listening to this then to reflect upon is like, what is our Egypt then? Or Egypt's maybe even plurally of like, what, as you began to say, Sophia, what are the things that we are really refusing to separate ourselves from that are increasingly weighing us down are are putting us into this slavery of of mindset and or lifestyle that we can then actually choose exile by god's guidance because i think that if we follow his lead into the wilderness and we're like oh like if my dad is leading me out here, it's because he knows what is best for me. And then to say, Lord, okay, like I know that you are trying to refine me and my attachment to these things. So what is it that you then have to replace this? Because there always is a greater gift. Like, okay, Lord, like what is my Egypt? What do I need to separate myself from? And what gift do you instead have for me because if we can envision that gift right the the opposite of whatever that vice is the virtue rather the joy that he has waiting for us we're going to be like the promised land right like if we know and trust that there is a promised land which as christians were benefited from that hindsight like we're going to be so much more inclined to actually settle into the exile and then learn and receive those lessons that he has for us. And yeah, I don't know. That's, I think, two things that I definitely need to spend some time with. Well, me too. Yes. <laughs> Just Amen. adding that. <laughs> Amen. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Sophia, anything that you would add? Jeez, I'm like, this episode is just really... I don't, like I need to go rent the chapel after this. I'm like, okay, bye guys. You know? Um, yeah, honestly, I'm just like soaking this in because like the past um, month, I think I've mentioned like there's just been so much like disorientation in my life and just like hecticness and just like, I feel like I've always been the one to just like be content in like the present moment and just like soak it in. And like this past month I've, felt like I've been in exile and I felt like I've been in this valley and I, I should be content and I should be full of peace and I'm not. Um, and it's really, it's just, it's, I mean, it's crazy, but it's also like, why am I even surprised? Because God is just such a faithful pursuer. Um, and like, he's just been tying all of these themes together this past week. 
of just like letting go. Um, a little, a couple of days ago at Bible study, um, we were referencing in scripture again, you know, as you do in Bible study. Um, but we were <laughs> talking about the man that was brought to Jesus in the wheelchair and Jesus like tells him to just, just get up. And my friend who was reading it, cause we were like popcorn reading. She's like kind of sassy. And she was like, just get up. And like, <laughs> and it goes back to that idea of like, he can heal us. He was just like, just get up and walk. And he's like, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, but just get up. And so now like, we're like, we're all like laughing. And so now like this will tie into my flame a little bit later, but like there are so many times where Jesus is calling us and he's equipping us with what we need to just progress and just keep walking and going forward. But we're like stuck in this, in this, in the chair. And we're like, no, I can't get up. I can't get up. Like I'm too scared. Like I'm too wounded. Like I'm choose someone else. And he's just like, just get up, just get up. And it was just, it brought so much joy because, um, I don't know, I think it's so intricate and beautiful how the Lord is just tying all these things together for me this week. Um, but, golly, wow. I love that. Wait, okay, so that's a great segue. Sophie, yeah. I would love, <laughs> now that you've teased it, um, to know what your flame is for this week. <laughs> so, yeah, so, okay, so I work at a coffee shop um, down the street and it's really fun because a lot of my friends will come visit me for most of my shift um and I swear I, I doubt my boss is listening to this but I swear I'm getting work done but um most of the time I'm just like chatting with everybody and I was just having a rough day this past I guess this was Wednesday and I I was just crying and like I was I was just making these coffees and like crying and my one of my best friends from school Madison she was sitting there with me and she was like she is very she was my friend that read that scripture passage she's just very to the point like very um like anti-emotion like (laughs) I (laughs) could not think of a more like just hilarious person to be there for that moment and I don't even know I was crying I was just like I think I was just like overwhelmed and most people in that situation would be like talk to me like what are you going through um like how can I help you know and she was just like we can sit with this like that's literally she just like looked at me and she was like we can sit with this and then I was just like wiping away my tears and she was just like just get up you know what I, and like <laughs> now we just like say that to each other because she's just like just get up Sophia like don't let yourself be governed by like these things that like you're scared about or that you're sad by like just get up and <laughs> it's just so funny I like wish I could record a little like audio thing of her just saying it just like play it over and over and over again um but yeah it was just a moment of just like what could have what should have just been like pain and something like really hard and it was just a blessing to have like her there um and just being patient with me always and just just sitting there with me and I didn't realize like how much of a gift that was so that was definitely my flame um, she's just a blessing, but everyone about you. That. So I love that, Sophia. Yeah. <laughs> what a good friend. Um, I 
think that my flame in this past week, so we had a pretty warm day last weekend. And so my friends and I decided to ask our rector, who's this like really sweet old nun. She's like our grandma. Um, we were like, Sister Mary, can we use the hall projector to have a movie night outside? So we did. And it was like, as the sun was setting, like my friend and her brother and his friend, we just had like a little small group. We all had blankets and Capri Suns <laughs> and some popcorn. And we watched like a Will Ferrell movie. It's called Kicking and Screaming. It's about soccer. It's really funny, but I had never mm-hmm. seen it before. Um, and it was just so much fun to sit outside. It was really, it felt like spring. Um, honestly, it kind of felt like summer, just like everybody outside at night, um, blankets mm-hmm. all around. And it was just, oh, it was so much fun. We just had such a great time laughing at all of Will Ferrell's really funny jokes. So <laughs> that's my flame from this week. That's awesome. I love that. That sounds so dreamy. I recently watched that movie too with some of my friends, so I'm laughing because it's, <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> it's a classic. Um, my flame from this past week is a song by Maverick City Music and Elevation Worship, who are two of my favorite um, artists, bands, collectives. And it's called Gyra, You Are Enough. And that word Gyra means the Lord will provide. And I was telling Evie this morning before we started recording that it's everything and more that I ever needed to hear in a song. So I hope that it becomes my anthem in a way. Um, but I've just been singing it to myself since I first heard it in those in those moments where I'm like, eh, Lord, are you going to show up? Where are you at? Um, and it's been, it's been good. So that is my flame for the week. We are going to wrap up this episode, but as always, friends, thanks for hanging out with me. I enjoyed our morning conversations and I hope and pray we all do that that these words of the Holy Spirit encourage and equip you guys as as we continue to ponder them more throughout our week. Um, So may God bless you all. My friends, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. Have a good day. Amen. Bye Bye guys. Bye friends. Have a good week. Hey friend, Anna Grace here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Paloma Grace podcast. If you did, feel free to send it to a family member or a friend, someone who could be encouraged by it. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episode topics, feel free to head to palomagrace.net. You can learn more about our story also on palomagrace.net or follow us at Paloma Grace Ministries on Instagram. We are praying for you until we see you next time and God bless you.